Welcome back to 24 Faithful. I am excited to be back today as we wrap up the last couple episodes of season number five. And I have Bradley Adams joining us today. Thank you, Bradley. No problem, Josh. Uh, no, Joel. So I don't actually know where I'm coming to you from this week. So that's interesting. Mystery location. Yeah, mystery location. I'm just going to talk and you're going to have to try and hope that I don't kind of disappear off the map again. It's probably on a freight ship somewhere between Los Angeles and China. <laughs> that would be my guess, but I don't know for sure. I mean, without getting political, um, after this week, I feel like John King's just going to be like, here's where Bradley is. Here, here he is on the electoral map. <laughs> I think that's, that's just what's going to happen. We're going to have him cut in and tell me, tell us exactly where I am. So there we go. We need to come up with a colored map that shows where <laughs> Bradley has been. And yep. So we'll, we're going to have to go back through the last couple, uh, about the last 50 episodes and see where you've been and things like that. See where, because uh, before Mark was keeping tabs on that and then Joel was doing that this time. So we'll have to track all that and see, see your travels, fill in your map for you. But anyway, that has nothing to do with what we have going on in 24. So in 24, we alluded to the recording that was there. There was a recording that implicated um, uh, Logan in the assassination of David Palmer, and it connected into that. And so they had, were Jack and some some of the CTU team was trying to track this recording down, and it went a lot of different places with that recording and so it's it's very interesting and so you have a question here and i wonder the same thing i don't have an answer but i mean how did evelyn even get the recording in the first place and then i mean why would she try to i don't know too many questions around why and how i mean i spoke last week about the fact that i thought the one major misstep of this season is uh logan and how the moment from the moment that we know he's lying he becomes a very bad liar and everything we'd seen up until this point 16 episodes of thinking that he's just the president he's got nothing to do with anything what cummings was involved he's not okay all of that he's very convincing and there's no real reason beyond what we know having rewatched it hundreds of times knowing the story how it plays out and me being me and just looking for the most minute detail in every scene and thinking, oh, his eyes are a bit shifty there. Could that be an indication? Beyond that, there's nothing. And then when you get to these final eight episodes, there's everything. And he just looks suspicious all the time around everyone in every conversation that he has. But this is another kind of thing that comes out of it that I do wonder, rewatching it. And, and you think about it. Evelyn is not an integral part of the early episodes, but she's in it. She's a fairly integral part to Martha's storyline, which is kind of a bc plot at times sometimes it it's much more substantial than that but evelyn's just there she's the 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 first lady's assistant and she's involved sometimes and i mean i, I think i mentioned it before that she's kind of responsible for the fact that martha gets assaulted by walt cummings and doesn't really realize it and doesn't really realize the impact that she had on that but when we come to this stage we kind of learn that she's known for I'm guessing the better part of 15 hours. David Palmer was assassinated just after 7 a.m. And at 10 p.m. we will just after we learn about her having this recording. She's known for the better part of all day that Logan is involved. And I don't really get 
how she's meant to have known this, how she's discovered this conversation, how she's ended up recording it. I don't know how she's managed to keep... Again, it's the Logan thing of Evelyn. We don't know that Evelyn has this information. We don't know that she knows what she knows. And therefore, in the episodes leading up to this, there's no indication of it. And as soon as we know, there's every indication. Okay, different scenario, fine. But it seems bizarre that she's known all day and she's hidden it so well. And this is where we're at. I don't know how this happened i don't know how i don't know how she intends to get the recording to be quite frank with you when she's going to go and meet henderson for the trade for her daughter before jack and wayne and aaron intervene what how is she going to get the recording it's sealed in the bank well she she's not going to go and she's not going to go and point a gun at the bank manager is she yeah and what and then then also i mean when she had the recording when did she have time to go to the bank to put it in the vault i don't i, that, I didn't quite that, get that either she, She's off screen for a lot of time in the scene. I can, I can find, I can buy that there's an hour that she went for lunch or something. Like I, I, that's not for me. That kind of that happens off screen. And okay, that's that's the yeah, least maybe. questionable part of this. You are right though. That is another thing that's not really explained. But I think the fact that we've not had the bit before that explained, yeah, is kind of the, the primary thing. Yeah, and. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking because I'm thinking they're like, oh, we need to have somebody that has a recording. Who can we have that has that recording? It's like, oh, well, this is someone that's close to the presidency. And it's like, okay. <laughs> I don't know. That, that's almost <laughs> how I feel with there. It's like, like there's that connection to Martha. But otherwise, other than that, it's like, I mean, what is her? Evelyn didn't really have a whole lot of significance. I mean. I think it works. It, it, well, okay. It works on that level, on the sense of she's close to the president, she's close to the the first lady. The fact that she has this proximity means that I can buy the fact she did record it. The thing that I don't really understand is then the logic behind, okay, when did she do it? How did she do it? How did she find out to do it? Is she just listening in on all of the president's conversations? And then, of course, the how is she going to get the recording to Henderson? What's her plan there? How did Henderson and Logan find out that she made this recording? What, what, mm. what cued them onto it and when did henderson take amy hostage as well obviously that would have been his people not him specifically yeah but henderson only escaped from ctu two hours ago two hours before we we see that he's with amy so when is right. all when has all this happened i guess is the question yeah a lot of questions but regardless of how, how that all happened she has this recording and through through wayne and aaron they confront her jack gets involved and they go to get the recording, like you mentioned, from the bank. So the, he goes to the bank manager at his house in the middle of the night and gets him out of bed and forces him to go to the bank, open the vault and all that. And so, I mean, I, I guess if Jack wanted to, you could get a lot of money out of this too because he had access <laughs> right there. But <laughs> he could. But, 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 but obviously, obviously, we know that that's not what he was wanting to do. And eventually, when the bank manager found out what was happening what they're looking for he was happy-ish to to help and, and be able he seemed to like a nice guy in. yeah and so and, and usually jack gets a hold of the nice people and puts them into very dangerous situations and then they, they die yeah <laughs> and that's exactly so, what happens he he they kidnap him from his house at, at quarter past 11 in the evening on a day of terrorist attacks they threaten and tie up his wife they they make out like they're going to rob his bank. And then when they real, when they actually unveil to him that they're the good guys and they're going to take down the criminal, he gets killed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because of course, Evelyn in the process gets injured and, and 
her daughter can't handle it. They, they, I don't know why they thought it was a good idea to leave her by herself in a hotel, but they, they, the thing they don't do very well that Jack and Wayne are at fault for this. They don't actually establish a contingency, and that's the way that Jack would look at it from Henderson's point of view. That is it's true. That Henderson, in every scenario, has a way out, and and if something happens, okay, what happens now? How do I solve this scenario, even if I'm not there? And what Wayne and Jack don't do is don't recognize the fact that if something happens to Evelyn, Amy, as an eight-year-old, she's played by a 12-year-old in this, but as an eight-year-old, um, instinctively is going to try and get some help for her mother. That's what you'd expect. And they kind of completely forget that that's obviously not a good idea. And they, need, they don't provide an explanation of, okay, this is how we get around it. If you need to call an ambulance, this is your name sort of thing. That, that something like that would have saved them. And yeah. incidentally, it's never confirmed on screen that Evelyn and Amy are dead, but let's face it, Evelyn and Amy are dead. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know who they're, who's involved in this. And yeah, it's like saying, oh yeah, someone got, got imprisoned by Chang. I mean, you know, more than likely what happened anyway. Yeah. So, so they're chasing this down and after a lot of different twists and turns and things like that, they get the recording finally back to Chloe. Um, well, I guess maybe we should talk about that. So, so, so Jack ends up having to get onto a plane because they track um, the person that has the recording. Let's see. We missed a couple steps in there. So Hella. They, I mean, Hella's an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause they get the recording and they're like, here, let's get with Heller to get him to confront Logan. But yeah, that, that was a, a stupid plan that Heller had. He, I mean, he, he, like his plan, his plan is in the right place. His, his mind is in the right place of, this, we don't need to go all out for revenge here. This is about protecting the country. Protecting the country involves, yes, removing Logan from power, but also protecting it from the public spectacle. Graham, Logan, Henderson, everyone keeps going on about this. Protecting the country from the public spectacle of the sitting president being on trial for murder and all the other things that he's been involved with. That's fine. What he does, he makes a mistake of thinking, and Jack points it out, is that he can't trust Logan. And the solution's right there for Heller. The solution is there. The solution is that he just needs to go to the Attorney General as Jack came to him. This was the point of it. And this is how you get him to step down quietly. You do it without everyone knowing. You go to the Attorney General and, and then there's a legal process still. No one needs to know about it. It just can happen. And that is ultimately what happens at the end of the season, I think. <clears throat> Excuse me, with the, the recording of Martha and Logan, or Martha and Charles, I should say, mm-hmm. that... Chloe plays it for the Attorney General. I know we're jumping ahead, but Chloe plays it for the Attorney General. And we know from season six that the public never found out. The public never knew of all of Logan's crimes. Um, I can't remember if they knew of him having crimes at all, but he ended up in house arrest. And that's it. And, and ha- that was Heller's way out. And instead, he mistakenly goes and confronts Logan and ends up almost drowning in a lake because of it. Yeah. 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 So I mean, on the one hand, I mean, I mean, Heller should know by this time that Jack usually has a pretty good plan. It might be completely insane in some cases, but usually has a good plan of, of what to be able to do. And so I think Heller just thought too much of his own ability of being able to confront Charles. Um, and it just, I, yeah, did not work very well. So, so anyway, so, so through there, um, Heller, um, Jack, Jack and Audrey get discovered by Henderson's men. And one of the men take the recording 
and Jack ends up tracking him through Chloe, helping track him to uh, the, this other airport where this plane is taking off, and Jack sneaks into the luggage compartment of the plane so we can be able to track down who it is because they don't necessarily know exactly who the person is, I believe, if I remember correctly. And so they're having to figure out who this is. And it's, it's really cool when you see when they figure out who it is and Jack goes in and he, he takes out the, uh, the U.S. Marshal and confiscates his um, credentials and all that kind of stuff. That, that was just cool. It's like, hey, can I just sit here? It's like, oh. <laughs> I mean, once again, it's one of, one of Jack's insane plans and it's one of the more insane plots of this season. Um, I mean, when we come to actually the plane landing, the episode after it, it's you kind of just got to completely suspend your disbelief and go with it because it's it's complete nonsense the whole thing, but it's fun and it and it is enjoyable and and it has that race against the clock thing again. We get the captain's going to land. Jack's been discovered. Okay, we need to search the plane before we land, or the military will take Jack in. We have that element in it. It makes it quite fun. Uh, there's the stuff going on with Chloe in the the hotel bar as well, which is kind of awful in the misogyny and the, the the guy at the bar that's just relentless in trying to hit on Chloe, but really a horrible guy by the look of it. But that's quite funny in that Chloe just always has the upper hand. And, and we end up with Logan in having to potentially shoot down this plane, which is incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, and, and like you mentioned, I mean, you'd, this we another instance where we see where, his lying ability and hiding what he's actually doing is getting worse. And so he can't hide it anymore to, at least to the screen. I mean, to everyone around him, apparently he's doing okay. But to us watching, it's like, okay, that's, I mean, it's like very starting to get very obvious signs of, of that. He's not as innocent as he's trying to pretend. Mike picks up on it though. And as we'll talk about in terms of actually taking him down, Mike, as Martha points out, that Mike knows something's wrong. I think it's in that episode that he and Martha have that conversation over her pills, and she says something about how uh, she's just going to have to live with it. It's not going to go away, knowing the truth, of course. Mike suspects things, but doesn't really have an idea of what's going on. So we know. Um, but yeah, the way that he is angry with Jack, uh, that the first episode that he's on the flight, and then Graham tells him to... Uh, appear to struggle with the ethics. That's the exact quote. Appear to struggle with the ethics of shooting down the plane, even though he knows, he's organised essentially, the fact that he's going to do it. And he does for a bit, and then he really doesn't for a bit. And it it is really incredible that no one sort of says, I mean, Mike obviously talks about it for the sake of not killing 50 innocent people, but it's incredible that no one really picks up on the fact that Logan wanted to shoot down a plane full of people beyond the point of it being necessary yeah that is true yeah and i and and i mentally blocked out the the part about mike um getting getting those hints there yeah and so but it's it's really i mean it's it's definitely an interesting um unfolding of events that that take place and so not all of it works well but i think it works well enough um, to, to work because like, like you said I'm mean, like the parts with Logan not quite being convincing um, as, as we've talked about and different things like that and some of the some of the missing pieces like with Evelyn and the, the recording of that part and I don't know some of it just it seems like a little stretch but overall it works pretty well 
um, going through all those I different think things. The deeper you get into this season and this stretch of this season, when Logan's line starts to fall apart, the more you get into it, the more it feels better. It's, you know, he's getting desperate at this point. He says it about Jack. He says that Jack's getting desperate and that's why he's hijacked this plane. He's going to get away. He's a fugitive trying to escape him. But it's actually Logan that's getting desperate. And we know this. And the further we get from the moment we know that he's involved up until, well, pretty much when, when he's going to kill himself. It's five hours. The further we get from A to B there, the more desperate he becomes, the more unhinged he becomes, the worse of a liar he becomes. And that, that actual progression works for me i think yes it's weird that no one really points out as i just said that he wants to shoot down a plane unnecessarily that's a strange thing but it kind of makes sense to me that he doesn't follow through with graham's thing of appear to struggle with it because he knows that this is his last chance and if jack doesn't get shot down and he's allowed to escape then he goes to prison and it's really that simple and so at this point i kind of get it at this point i appreciate that his lying is being seen through. It's, it's, it's starting to fall apart because the conspiracy is starting to fall apart. It's starting to be unraveled. People are starting to find out about it. And suddenly there is a real danger that he will end up being arrested and, and being punished for his crimes. Five hours ago, okay, Jack had the recording. Well, the recording existed, I should say. And Jack was involved in after it. But immediately after that, there wasn't quite the same level of jeopardy it was starting to increase, but there wasn't quite that same level of panic and peril that would suggest every scene would feature some, some sort of moment where Logan is being suspicious and where, okay, we know that he's lying, but we can very much see through his lying. And if you'd shown us that, if you'd shown new viewers that, or those scenes particularly in maybe episode seven, episode eight, earlier in the season, people would say that's suspicious, even not knowing of his involvement with Henson, even if you didn't show the involvement with Henson and everything. It, it looks suspicious on its own, I think. Yeah, good point. And you mentioned Graham as well in the conversations they had. And so we get introduced to this shadowy, unknown guy that all of a sudden seems like he's the one that's calling the shots on what Logan needs to do. And... I remember always when the first time I, I watched it, I remember it's like, okay, who is this guy? But apparently he has some pretty big connections to where he's, um, he's telling the president what to do. Um, in essence, um, I, I actually kind of liked his character as they show him in season five. I don't like what season six portrays, but as for what we see here in season five, I really like, like this character and, and how he like like he, he like commands the the area he he's very direct and showing that he's actually in control and not getting flustered um like logan is unraveling and so but i like that so as a as a villain he's he's one of those likable type in this season at least graham okay yes graham is in this season and in season six i think you've got to treat graham as two separate characters. Graham in season five is just Graham. He's this mysterious, shadowy, cabal-type character pulling the strings miles, 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 miles back from the trenches. Logan's at the front in the front lines. Henderson's in the front lines. Graham, sit, as he says, sit back and watch her from a safe distance, him and his group. And then you've got Graham Bauer, 
in season six, who is Jack's brother. And everything sort of centers on the Bauer family connection and the fact that, you know, Graham is being a little bit arrogant towards Jack and hateful towards Jack. We know that that's sort of a long-standing thing, or we learn that's a long-standing thing. But he is a lot less menacing, uh, a lot more hands-on, but a lot less menacing and a, a lot less threatening and a lot less relevant, actually, even in the season where he's kind of, him and, and Philip are meant to be the big bads or, or among the big bads. He just seems kind of like a footnote and afterthought. Whereas here, actually, he there's a there's a clear point for his existence in the story. And as we'll learn in season seven, even he was the, the top dog. Um, but say, I think, <clears throat> like you say, the the character that we see here is great. The way he interacts with with Logan is very nice. I like he the the first time we see him actually, or the first time we meet him, he's very antagonistic towards Logan. And then the second time, upon realizing that Logan's sort of handling things a lot better than he thought is almost groveling to him. And it's a nice it's a nice indication actually that we know their we know the, the power dynamic is that Graham is kind of the puppet master ish. He's not quite the main puppet master, that would be Alan Wilson, but he's there. He's he's higher up. And Logan is one of the pawns, shall we say, for sake of a better word. But he also still has to have this respect. He's still the president of the United States. And I think that that does create a really interesting dynamic that we then see throughout the next four or five episodes where they kind of see each other as equals because on one hand, Logan knows that Graham's more powerful in the sake of the conspiracy than he is. He's more uh, thoughtful behind it. He's, he's planned it out more than Logan has. But Logan's still the most powerful man in the world, according to elections and things like that. I, I, I just find that really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And there's there's a lot that gets unpacked in um in these couple episodes here because because now we're seeing a lot more of like the behind the scenes as far as logan interacting with people and and what's going on and i and and it makes me wonder was he having these interactions all day and we just didn't see it it just wasn't on screen or was he just kind of like hands off until things started getting out of control and now he's having to start to try to get his hands in there and manage it a little bit more well, we know it. he had at least two conversations with Henderson, don't we? We had the recording, the one, the one where he talked about uh, being responsible or about killing David Palmer. Yeah. And the one he alludes to with Henderson just before Jack captured him the first time or the second time or whatever, when, when he escapes Van Nuys. Um, we know from that that they had a conversation about Walt Cummings and how his death was essential. So we know that that, that's been a thing throughout the day. And we could assume just based on those couple and the way that they talk quite regularly in the two episodes, we see them talk openly. We can assume, I think that they talk a lot throughout the day. It's difficult to know because he, he only starts talking to Graham Logan after Henderson's arrested, but he does allude to a conversation about having action against Henderson and having to cancel it because of the recording. So yeah, I think we can probably say that Logan has been hands on. the th- that's the thing we got need to preface this and, and i said it before that logan is like a pawn in this he's a powerful pawn but he is a pawn he's not the one running this he's the one mm. ultimately he'll take the fall at the end of this season um and he is involved a lot very 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 heavily but this is graham's plan this is alan wilson's plan this is bxj's plan this is 
everyone else's plan. He's just a, a fairly key component in executing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And there is there's obviously that that point to where it's like it was getting too much for Logan, and he was about to end it all because he didn't want to go to prison and face any of that. And he was at that that point of committing suicide, had the gun ready to go, and then he got that phone call that turned it around. But that was that was intriguing. I don't know. Maybe well, that's not the best. I don't know. Well, it's not that's quite that he. It's not quite that he doesn't want to go to prison, is it? It's him and Graham discuss the fact that the whole time, and he believes, Logan, that they were putting the country's best interest first. And that everything they've done, okay, some of it's misguided. They've ended up killing an ex-president. They've allowed nerve gas to be uh, used on US soil, okay. Not great. But their heart was in the right place. They were doing the best thing for the American people. And that the best thing for the American people still has to outweigh their own interests. And Logan being on trial for murder, that's not in the interest of the American people. Yeah, that's true. It's always interesting think, how it's always interesting how the, the bad guys, they always have like the nation's best interest in mind in all this as they do these things that are like so terrible. Every time I think of it, it's um anything like that. Yeah, the first thing that comes to my head in terms of twenty four is Walt Cummings screaming at Logan saying, Mr. President, I am a patriot. Yeah. And- I mean, I mean, he was a patriot, and Nathanson was a patriot, and Henderson was a patriot. Logan's a patriot, and so Peter Kingsley, presumably, yeah, and <laughs> all these. It's, I mean, it, it just shows up over and over and over, and, it, and it's like, okay, well, I, I don't know if I want to be a patriot if, if I gotta <laughs> be doing things like that. I mean, <laughs> see, patriot—that's I mean, Jack. <laughs> I mean, fair fair play to Henderson. Jack kind of put kind of puts it to him that well, you say you love this country, so help me stop Bierko. And fair enough, he does it. So give him that credit for that. Maybe not for killing David Palmer. Um, but yeah, the, back to the suicide. Um, I've always sort of, you know, there's always a lot of scenes in, in well, season one to five basically burned into my memory anyway. But there's always a lot of scenes that sort of stick in my mind, and I'm sure for you from the whole series, that if you think of a season or just you're thinking of a good 24 scene, there's there's certain ones that come to mind, yeah? Mm-hmm. So one of the ones that doesn't instantly come to my mind is the scene between Charles and Martha. After he's decided and spoken to Graham about the fact that he's going to commit suicide, and just before he does it, what's met, what is in theory their final conversation, their final scene together. And it's it, it kind of took me by surprise at how good it was because I didn't really recall before appreciating just how powerful and how brilliant it is you have the fact that he goes in there sort of he knows that he's going to kill himself and this is a martha hates him for everything that he's done and so he needs to try and rebuild that relationship just to feel a little bit better before he goes he doesn't want to go out his wife hating him he wants to have some sort of uh, better standing there and then he can go out fairly happy, fairly peaceful. And she delivers just the most cutting, awful, awful, brutal line to him, which is, I had no idea that you were such a good liar. If I wasn't so horrified by the fact that I'm married to you, I might actually be impressed. And this is at the point where he knows that it's all over. These are his final moments, and he just wants some loving support from his wife. And he doesn't get, he gets this instead. And you can see the way it kills him. I mean, it it is 
very much like the sword through his heart before the bullet through his brain. It is, it is piercing, absolutely piercing for him. And it's meant to be, or it would have been, the final words they ever say to each other. He doesn't say anything. He, he sits there for a moment and he looks absolutely shattered, absolutely shattered and still somehow annoyed and miserable and just like he, he knows it's at the end and he feels like it's at the end. And he accepts the fate. But Martha's sat there and brushes it off and she looks disinterested and dismissive and broken. And it's just absolutely beautiful from Itzin and from Smart to deliver that scene. And for Smart especially to just... It, it almost seems casual, the way she puts that across as Martha, as though it's nothing... It, it partly stems, I think, from the fact that she's so hurt that nothing can ever respond. So if she says this thing, oh, well, what does it matter? I'm, you know, you, you've ruined everything for me. So this line might hurt you, but you, also you kind of deserve it, I guess. And yeah, I, I just, I was absolutely stunned by how good it is. I, I wrote in the notes here that I genuinely think it's one of the best scenes ever in the show. I think there is an argument to be made for that simply because of just how impactful it is. Like I said before, th- those scenes I mentioned before, how many of them are action scenes for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably a lot of them. But Yeah, probably a lot of them. And, and those are, that's the thing. Those are the most memorable ones. But when you watch things, you know, The Sopranos winning all of its Emmys, Breaking Bad winning all of its Emmys, how many of those scenes are quite memorable because of the action? Yes. But how many of the ones that you look at and you're, you're stunned by and you're taken aback by and go, wow, that was stunning television? It's not the action scenes. It's it's the, these quiet scenes. And twenty four, I you know I consider Mason's death episode with the plane to be the best episode of twenty four. Mm-hmm. I was just and thinking that not, one too. And there's not a yeah. shot fired in that episode. There is not a gun. Oh, sorry, there's one gunshot fired. Sorry, Kim fires a gun at the the car. There's one gunshot fired in the whole episode. No one gets killed apart from Mason in the end. He's dying anyway. That's it. It's mm-hmm. a quiet episode. It's a character actor scene evaluation type episode yeah and it's the best and this is an example of that yeah yeah and of course a little bit later um the the whole scene with or the the quote that she says that about how such a good liar he is that kind of gets twisted around a couple episodes later um back onto martha but uh but one of the things um that i love one of my favorite um quotes is of course, Aaron Pierce starts figuring out what's going on and he gets looped in as we kind of already mentioned a little bit, but, but he gets caught and he's beat up and Logan comes in to talk to him right after the recording gets erased, which we didn't necessarily talk about that part, but with the, but after it gets erased, Logan comes in and he talks to to Aaron and kind of kind of like okay here let's see if we can find a way of putting this behind us let's we'll, we'll hide this whole thing and we'll we'll let you like continue working somewhere else but i i love the part where um where he uh where Logan or um uh or aaron um and, and just the that whole conversation that aaron has he's like there's nothing that has been acceptable that you have done and then he says is there anything else charles i that's like it was like it just like like stone cold and you could see the change in logan's face too as soon as he said that it's like oh, I was okay as well 
the, the Again? saying saying Charles at the end of that, he was meant to say Mr. President, or I don't know if he was in, meant to say anything, Glenn Morshower. Sure. But saying Charles at the end of that last line was improvised. And it's in obviously reacted to it as you, as as it, every good actor does. And they use the first take of him looking kind of surprised and shocked and horrified. And it, it works so well because you aren't does. you aren't expecting it. Yeah. And, and and interestingly, I mean, not just for for this show, but I mean a lot of the things where I mean the actors improvise and it causes a reaction like that. It's just really interesting when you start to see all that happen. But yeah, so that that's definitely one of my my favorites and, and of course i mean my my um the the level of my likeness of aaron or how much i like aaron continues to go up more and more um as we do that and this season is an example of that earlier with walt cummings and logan saying aaron do your job and he says i am as jack is torturing cummings that was excellent right there and then throughout this is Aaron is I mean having that conflict of okay this is my job versus this is what's right and he's like okay I gotta do what's right for the country for the presidency and I'm not just gonna blindly follow a person just because they happen to be the ruler of the country and so um so anyway yeah I, I love that part there's no way to dislike Aaron before this but if for some reason anyone didn't absolutely love him before season five, they do at this point. Yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, it's, it's really interesting, but, but anyway, but, but we had this whole situation now because, because, okay, the recording's gone. So it's like, how in the world can we have any proof that Logan is involved in this situation? Because now it almost looks like, okay, he's going to get away with it. But obviously, Jack and the others, they're not giving up. Um, except for, what's his name, Miles? He's a different story. No one likes Miles. <laughs> uh, also, but let, anyway. On, let, let, let's just very quickly, Chloe, come on. Jack said, don't let anyone else near it. And she let Miles in, and Miles erased it. So Chloe has a lot to answer for here. Yeah, that just is say. true. That is true. So, But then again, if that didn't happen we wouldn't have the the awesome interactions that we get with uh with jack he works with aaron to be able to take the place of one of the pilots of the helicopter gets on there jack takes out everybody on the helicopter except for the co-pilot and doesn't really have a conversation with logan but (laughs) logan has a conversation by himself he stares at Logan as Logan tries to talk his way out of the situation. It's not going to happen. He's like, what do you think you're going to do? I mean, you're not going to get away with this. And he's like, say something. Yeah. So that, that was good. Then they get there. Um, and of course they bring in since, um, since Edgar died, Chloe needed help crafting this device to be able to catch Logan calls in her ex-husband and, uh, and anyway, so so he's the one that ends up delivering it to Jack. And he doesn't know who he's delivering it to or the whole situation. All he knows is that he was de- developing this thing, putting this thing together, and then he's going to deliver it. And he's like, oh, it's Jack Bauer, of course. And, and then he sees Logan over there. He's like, oh, it's a president. Uh. <laughs> and Jack's like, okay, just walk away. <laughs> 
And so, and just to throw in there on Morris, I don't know whether when they wrote these final two episodes, whether they planned to bring him back as a regular for season six, or whether they wrote the character as, as he was. You know, that very charming, um, sarcastic, everything is really easy and also quite funny. I don't know whether they wrote that and then thought, okay, well, let's just put him in here. And then Carlo Rota came in and did what he did. And it's just hilarious. You you can't ever imagine not having him there ever again. Yeah. And then decided to keep him in. I don't know whether, which way around it happened. But, I mean... I'm so glad they did because he's so funny. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. It's perfect. The, the, so, the, my favorite, my favorite bit is the end of that first conversation with Chloe when he's just like, "Can you, can you do this without talking?" I could, but it'd be a terrible waste of my charm. Okay, I'm not listening anymore. Oh, <laughs> uh, that was hilarious. I love that. Yeah, he's <laughs> he, he's a great, great, great actor, great character. I love it, and so um, and. I remember seeing it. It's like trying to picture him and Chloe together. Got Chloe that she has kind of that dry humor that kind of goes on, but a little more serious. And then you got, um, got Morris and it's like, everything's a joke. He gets it. <laughs> he gets it done. So I, I kind of equate it to like, uh, like a Dr. House on the show house where it's like constantly talking and joking and all that kind of stuff. And then he, solves the most complex medical thing in the world. And it's like, it's like, okay, how in the world did you do that while you were doing this other thing? But anyway, um, very interesting, but, but anyway, so, so then Jack goes through and he's has this sets up this confession that doesn't turn into a confession. And so us, as we're watching, we're like, Oh my word, it failed, but it didn't fail because they didn't actually expect that that was going to work but they had a backup and somehow I, I, I don't remember. I, I meant to go back and actually look to see when Jack switched the pens or installed the, attached the, the thing to the pen. You never, I, I, I've looked at this many times before I didn't this time, but um, yeah, I don't think there's ever really a clear shot of it. I think it's just, um, well, I'm guessing that he probably has the pen because, because the previous episode when he's leaving the, the port, after the submarine uh, success, he says to Chloe that he'll give her a list of what he needs and then kind of it cuts away and we look at something else. So I'm assuming that he, possibly he asked for it, I would guess, and then he, let, he took President Logan's actual pen and left the wired pen on the table. So when Logan picked it up, that was the pen that he wanted, yeah. that Jack wanted to have. I, that's my guess. Yeah, I, I, I was... I was... I was wanting to see if I could tell. I, I forgot to look for it. To, to you see can't tell. See where he's like just slyly kind of switched it, but I guess not. So, yeah. But and then the whole when when uh, Logan, of course, Jack gets arrested, and and then Jack and then um, Logan gets to the airport and he's with Martha and trying to put on a show, act like everything's all right. Then Martha starts the breakdown which apparently was part of the plan. And so Logan takes her into the hangar by, by themselves and has a not quite so good conversation, but he spills the beans enough to where it was able to catch him. And it's just perfect as, as the decision was made and Logan's up there giving his not so heartfelt speech and 
then you see the secret service murmuring back there and slowly approaching <laughs> and then the look on his face like you almost ruined my speech and then it comes in and does a little whisper and he's like those are outrageous <laughs> and then it's like oh i got caught <laughs> so i don't actually think I, I'm, I'm assuming the plan wasn't for martha to break down because it's never stated it, it's sort of yeah. uh her and mike expect that jack's gonna get the confession out of him and he doesn't and then she here he arrives at the airfield and and she breaks down i think the the for me anyway the the point of it was that if jack has this wire in then chloe can monitor his conversations at some point he's going to slip up at some point when he's alone he's going to call whoever or he's going to do like he there, there will be a point where he thinks he's completely fine in the near, near future and he says it and it gets recorded and he gets taken down that way obviously for the sake for the fact that we've got half an hour left in the season when jack's arrested it's convenient for us and for the show to go here it is now that makes sense but I don't, you know it, it, it kind of a means to an end martha breaks down but it, if it wasn't then it was going to be in an hour's time he'll call graham or martha will break down later in the, in the day or something something like that That's but you are right that you are yeah. right that the actual arrest is it's i mean it's so good it's so good i talk about sean Callery all the time but again another example of that sort of uh, build of triumph while you also kind of feel that well something's going to go wrong here it feels like there's a, there's almost that anxiety to it that music while logan's trying to be all triumphant we've also got that sort of that our, our triumph of that logan's going to get discovered and then the the sort of discovery of it and and the fact that he gets taken off and the tension around that it it is just so so good so good for a for what we assume at the time obviously not true but what we assume for the moment is going to be the end of charles logan it's a wonderful final scene for him as this villain in this stage of of the show Mm -hmm. yeah and of course it doesn't the show doesn't end with logan getting arrested there's a little bit of wrap-up that needs to take place and so jack is released and it looks like everything's going to be happy 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 and then someone taps on jack's shoulder and says yeah you got a phone call in here it's like I mean, it's just like so shady all around. It's like, okay, you got a phone call here. Let's come into this empty building or empty-ish building. And it's like, and okay, the, if, the I agent a, if is, I got a phone call, hand the phone to me because this is the age of cell phones. Yeah, and the agent is um, <laughs> is is of looking like he's of Chinese descent. So yeah. whether that's... I, I mean, I'm assuming that Cheng had planted a Chinese agents in CTU, Secret Service, whoever. I'm, I'm guessing yeah. that's what happened or he was just sort of you know he turned up in a suit and just like if you turn up in a building with a high vis and a clipboard you'll probably get in that sort of thing i don't i don't yeah. know but yeah yeah something like that and then and then jack gets knocked out and wakes up and then realizes that he's been captured he's not going to get away and then they pan out with the ship sailing in the middle of the ocean well, I guess maybe not the middle of the ocean. They're probably still somewhere in the harbor, but it's a very quick a turnaround. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's not just going to run away at this point. So, who would Jack have called? Because he, he he goes on for a little bit about making one phone call. He knows how this works, and then eventually <laughs> reverts into just kill me. And Cheng is a bit like, 
Well, no, you're too valuable for that, Jack, or Mr. Bauer, I should say. You're far too valuable to be killed. But I just want to wonder who Jack would have called. Would it have been Audrey to sort of say, don't come after me? As we know, that ended up being a fairly substantial plot point in season six. That might have been mm-hmm. who he does. Maybe try and find Kim. Maybe someone at CTU to get him rescued. I don't know. I don't know who you'd have who you'd have phoned. I don't know. I, I would say Tony, but that well, he's wouldn't dead. have been pos- possible at this time because that's who he called in season four. It is. It is. Um, yeah. So that, that that's a good question, and I I don't know if he actually wanted a phone call per se. I almost wonder if it was just like a little like little sarcastic punch or whatever like okay you're not going to get to me i'm i'm not going to play your game i'm gonna stay solid or whatever so i, I don't know but but that is an interesting thought as far as like who we, who he actually would call to, and to me would i think probably be the most obvious yeah to me i think it's audrey he knows that he's like you said he the, the words he uses i know how this works that's what he says to cheng and i think what that means is that he knows he's gonna die in a chinese prison that was the whole kind of point originally 18 months beforehand. And I would assume that the phone call is to Audrey to say um, that he loves her and goodbye. Essentially, essentially that would be the gist of it, I, I, w- I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so very interesting. Yeah, thing- and like you said, that whole thing becomes, a, the, the, the whole Chinese thing is a strain that goes from season four all the way through Live Another Day. And thanks, Edgar. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, Joel is not here to. <laughs> That's why I said if it. If he was here, he'd be throwing himself back. <laughs> I wouldn't have said it if Joel was here. Oh, uh, well, yeah. The interesting, so... the interesting thing about this ending as well is that the Chinese angle isn't really mentioned that much this season. It sort of That's it true. exists in the first episode, obviously, because of Jack coming back from the dead, and then Logan mentions it when he when uh, Jack takes down Cummings. And he also mentions it when he says he's sending military units when he's actually sending Henderson to retrieve Jack and the recording of Van Nuys. Those are the only kind of couple of times that it gets mentioned. And because of how much happens in 24 generally, but especially this season, the breakneck pace of it, you forget about it. You forget that just 24 episodes before, Jack was meant to be dead because he was avoiding the Chinese. And now he's sort of doing everything very openly that final scene with Audrey, it just seems like he's going to go back to normal, which you forget that that can't really happen because the Chinese can't know that he's alive. Mm-hmm. And we see the episode before, or the a couple before the finale, that Logan tells Graham about how um, Mr. Bow will be taken care of, are his words. And that, and when you combine with some of the stuff we see in season six, which obviously we'll come to in two weeks' time, uh, though that suggests that Logan's plan actually involves this, and that it's Logan and Graham and and this cabal that have uh, have been responsible for telling the Chinese, "Look, Jack Bauer's alive. Come and take him." Mm-hmm. Uh, that that would be my impression from it, because they talk a couple of times about taking out Henderson and about taking out Jack, and it feels a little bit strange to contemplate the idea that they planned so much of this day very rigorously. And and they they have contingencies for everything, and that it would just so happen that they planned to kill Jack, to have him shot in the street or whatever, to have him killed, and then the Chinese just happened to get there first. And in some weird twist of sick fate, actually the Chinese kidnapping him and taking him for twenty months of torture saved his life. 
I, I don't see that as particularly feasible. Hmm. That's interesting. And I, I was just trying to think too. I think this is the first season where it ends on a cliffhanger like that. David Palmer's well, you, you, almost you, death. I'm sorry. David David Palmer almost dies at the end of season two. That's true. There was that. Yeah. So I, it's okay. So I was thinking in season one they kind of wrapped it up to where it's like it could have ended there, and it's like okay, yeah, that's right. So there was that season two, season three. It kind of I, got I do, wrapped I do, up. Into... I do get what you mean. I do get yeah. what you mean because I think we spoke about it at the time that. Palmer, so it's obviously like Jack's wrapped up and, and, and Jack feels like he'll be fine after his heart surgery or whatever. Palmer is that big cliffhanger. Yeah. And it, it does leave you desperately wanting more. But it also feels like, well, the show can pick up without him if he dies. There's, there's, there's options for them to go no matter what. Mm-hmm. And one, three, four kind of take care of themselves. One is, would be a very open ending but it would be a magnificent ending. I'd actually think about this early today. Three and four, very, very closed off. Four would have been a great series finale. And here, the fact that Jack is now kidnapped, it, that's been such a major, not a major plot point in the foreground, but in the background, we know it's there. We know that it's this this massive part of just the existence of this season mm-hmm. and all of the context around it. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, it's the huge, it's the biggest cliffhanger they do, I would say. Yeah. Certainly. Well, up to this point and then they come to live another day and they have the like the similar ending mm. and never brought a resolution to it yeah but it, it it's more like season four's ending than this i think to me it, uh, it, it's wrapped up you kind of with this like you 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 need jack to get out of the chinese prison you want to know how that goes whereas he volunteers to go to russia and live another day i know that's way into the future discussions but it it, it feels you know he's accepted it this is his choice Whereas here, it's, yeah, it's, he's been captured. So, I don't know. I'll let you have that opinion. But anyway. <laughs> all, I'm, all I'm taking from that is that you aren't happy with how Living Another Day ended, and therefore you want more. That is 24. correct. Okay, <laughs> right. I, I'll, I'll remember that when we get to season eight and we discuss that ending. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, a lot of these endings, not so much. But anyway. <laughs> this podcast we're going to come back ending. next week. We're going to come back next week because there's definitely a lot more in season five that we didn't hit. We're going to try to come back and hit a couple, a couple pieces, and kind of open some, some more overall pieces. So season overall, and looking forward to that. So maybe Joel will be back with us, and uh, if not, we'll still continue on. And so, but you can contribute if you want to go to twenty four faithful dot com and leave your message uh, for us, and we can uh, be able to share your feedback. Would love to be able to do that. Also, we have a number if you're, uh, I guess probably just if you're in the United States, you can call 405-771-0567 and leave a voice message as well. And we can be able to do that. So especially if Joel doesn't show up, then we can be able to introduce your voice and we would love to be able to do that. So, but with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this episode and we'll see you next week. (laughs) 